your love and appreciation for it shines through and, and the journalism is, is there as well so yeah thanks it so is, much it's a, it's a great listen i'll tell you i really really appreciate what you're saying but i know my mother will even more so. hello and welcome to list envy my name is mark stedman and this is the podcast in which i collaborate with a special guest to build a top five list on a topic of their choosing my guest this week is tani levitt the producer and host and writer and editor and maker all round of the narrative documentary podcast Spesh fx which is all about the world of competitive beatboxing and of course that is the list that we are building on this episode it's uh, our top five competitive solo beatboxers um, who have been active within the last year now there's lots of caveats there because this is uh, quite a um, quite an intricate world and it's it's a world uh, that I've, I've started to build quite a fascination with um, this has been one of the most fun Uh, to research in terms of lists. I I really knew nothing, um, absolutely nothing about this scene. I didn't know that such a scene existed. Um, And so it was a real pleasure to to sit down and, and, and do the research for this one. So before we get into the episode, a couple of points of order. Uh, first off, got a bit of uh, got a bit of follow up from episode two with uh, Lucy Day, which was all about um, our top five childhood toys. Now it turns out I know someone who bought someone a Mr. Frosty, which was a highly coveted item on on our uh, both of our lists as something that uh, that we wanted. I don't think it made it to the to the actual list, but it was it was up there as like number one of the things that we wanted as kids, but we were denied. Um, and uh, this was the case for uh, my brother's good lady wife. Um, and so uh, during the early years of I think their marriage, uh, he he bought one um, for his good lady wife. Because it was something she'd always wanted as a kid and, and never had. And uh, as is the fate of such uh, toys, it got used once and then never again. And just it just got put away um, like the picture of Dorian Gray sitting somewhere in the attic um, getting older. Um, and just sort of collecting dust and and that's what they're for really um so uh, so there's that uh if you've got uh, thoughts or follow up you needn't be my brother uh you can you can you can be my friend um you can call me out no what you can do is you can uh, find us on twitter and facebook at list envy pod uh, i appear to have said about 39 words there without taking a breath so i think that's what uh, what you just heard there you can also find us on Instagram at listenvy, and uh, our email address is listenvy at gmail.com. And if you've got thoughts, questions, queries, notes, comments, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear them. Uh, and uh, yeah, p- feel free to get in touch. Um, that is, that, that's probably enough ado then. Uh, if you want extra stuff, then you can sign up to the newsletter and you will get extra stuff in your inbox at no additional cost. Uh, and it's it's fairly un- unobtrusive. Uh, and it's a nice reminder if you're someone who doesn't necessarily uh, subscribe to podcasts. Um, so uh, so you can do that. You'll find a link in the, uh, in the episode notes and uh, at listenvpod.com. So this episode then is, uh, is with uh, Tani Levitt and it was a, a, an absolute treat. Um, a um a sort of listener a tasting note if you will um i mentioned this last week if you are uh, this is important i promise if you are the type of person the type of person you who are you calling you people if you are the type of person who listens at uh, a speed other than 1x which you know some people do and and i'm one of them uh, i would strongly advise you urge you in fact um to uh, to to Go to your app and, and switch that to, to 1x because this one specifically and and um 
especially really needs that. And and if you want to t- turn off the thing that trims silences and that kind of stuff, that's also useful because this is all, you'll hear lots of clips uh, of, of people making mouth noises and they don't translate well at all when played at anything other than 1x and, and when you've got um, like the overcast voice boost or the, the smart speed thing where it's removing gaps and silences and stuff because that's part of, of what you're doing when you're creating a beat. Um, you've got to listen to the notes, they're not spitting. Um, so I, I, would, I would do that because it, it's really worthwhile. Yes, we will sound drunk. Uh, and and it will make the episode go by a little slower. But it is, um, I think you'll enjoy the clips a lot more, and um, and they will melt your face off. So uh, so there's that. Um, so uh, yes, you, you'll get. Um, obviously, there's links to Tanny's show, uh, and um, we we mention it later. But do check out specialfx.com uh, to listen to his podcast because it is a wonderful insight into a fascinating world. And without further ado, here is uh, myself and Tanny discussing our top five competitive solo beatboxers. Um, you had some specific rules for this challenge. Yeah, so. I actually spent a, a good number of Saturday afternoons this summer discussing this kind of beatboxing list with my younger brother. He's the person that got me into beatboxing in the first place, and so he and I kind of had these semi-academic conversations while we <laughs> passed the time. And we realized that beatboxing, I mean, it has you know four main competitions. You have the solo competition, you have loop station, you have tag team, which is two beatboxers against two beatboxers, and then you have crew, which is three or more against three or more. And so just by its nature, this you know leads itself to be kind of broken down by category. And then also you have beatboxers who have retired from the battle scene, and the battle is kind of the easiest way to match beatboxers up with each other and so i we kind of decided that anybody who hasn't competed in a major battle in the past 12 months we would set aside because it it would be just too hard to compare the kind of long showcase concert type performances that they do with the battles that most beatboxers are competing in so we decided that the rules what we would restrict ourselves to would be solo beatboxers who have competed in the past 12 months yes um that's concise um so like okay the, I'm going to assume, uh, and and you can tell me if I'm wrong, um, that perhaps your favourite all-time beatboxer, uh, beat beatbox. I keep saying beatboxer, and that's not is it? It's beat. It's beatbox because they're human beatboxes. Um, what? Who is who is your sort of all-time favourite? So I, actually, I would say that we call the person who is doing the beatboxing a beatboxer. You were totally right ah, in the first okay. place. My favorite beatboxer is probably my brother, just because he got me into the thing. I mean, he's not so good relative to these, you know, world class guys, but he's good. Um, among the among the world class pe- people, I'd say that most of my favorites are on on my list. Oh, cool! The one person who, or I say, the two people who are not on my list or even in my runners up, I would say Codfish from Australia and Big Man from South Korea, just because they're ridiculously musical and. I love beatboxers who are able to combine the rhythmic stuff with musicality. Uh, yeah, and the two of them, in different ways, are really pushing the boundaries of what is capable musically for a beatboxer. So you you make a, a podcast um, all all about this. Like, what 
is it just your sort of natural inquisitive nature that that made you want to deep sort of re- really do a deep dive into this? Well, it, it, it's a combination of my personal interest in the subject matter and my professional goals at the moment. I, uh, I, as I was finishing university four years ago, maybe like five months before I was set to graduate, I realized that I had no interest in the things I'd studied. <laughs> so I, I spent the first couple of years of my professional life kind of figuring out what it is I wanted to do. And while I was working a day job in data analytics, I realized that what I wanted to do was journalism. Uh, So I started applying to journalism jobs and, well, no one wanted to hire me because I had no experience doing journalism. So I decided I was just going to start doing it, putting it on Medium or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I ended up writing a 5,000 word article about the 2018 Beatbox World Championships. Uh, Because I noticed that, you know, as my brother got me into beatboxing, there are tons and tons of people, millions of people across the world who consume beatboxing, love beatboxing, are obsessed with beatboxing, and no one is reporting or writing or making podcasts or anything about it. And I was like, that's weird, because mm. you know, these these videos on Swiss beatbox and on beatbox battle, they're getting, you know, literally millions of hits. Yeah. And 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 then people want to talk about that, but no one's doing it in a, a you know a well thought out, predisposed you know to think about it analytically. And I was like, well, I could do that. You know, my my main hobbies are sports related, and the sports world is inundated with analysts and self proclaimed geniuses who can break down what's happening in the boardroom and on the pitch or on the field, whatever. And and so I figured, well, beatboxing, yeah, I could do that. So I wrote this long feature, 5,000 words, about where beatboxing has come from, where it's going, and what the 2018 World Championships meant. And then I started a fellowship for podcasting as part of my move into journalism. And each of us in the fellowship had to do a podcast. And I was like, well, I didn't quite feel done with beatboxing. So I figured I'd do a podcast about beatboxing, a narrative podcast that kind of shows, you know, and gives a listener firsthand what is beatboxing, what is the beatboxing community, and why is it cool, why they should be excited. And also for the people who are in the community, you know, to have this outside look at themselves, kind of like looking in the mirror, I thought it would be cool. So, and it's worked out pretty well so far. One of the things I've noticed in the videos is it it seems that among the competitors, there's a some kind of mutual respect uh if not sort of admiration um like i've seen that you, you sort of see sometimes with um the, the female uh battle which is one of the first that i that i saw there's a real like genuine like supportive arms around around the other person and i guess it's a fairly small world so people know each other you know and they compete a lot i guess absolutely yeah that's that's definitely one of the first things that you see and you know, I think I conducted some 30-odd interviews for Special Effects, and just about everybody really wanted to harp on how important it is that, you know, there's respect and support uh, between the different beatboxers, even when they're battling against each other. Um, one person made an extra emphasis. It's not just that they, you know, shake hands at the end, but most of the time after a battle, there's a hug. You know, these people, they know that they can't afford to be antagonistic towards each other that everybody expects to support and to be supported by their peers in the scene because it is a niche community uh and I th- yeah i think um like podcasting is is uh, the same there are there are cliques and there are um there are factions but 
um, certainly among, I think, the newest generation that I've seen uh, of podcasters, there, there seems to be a real um a real support and, and and lots of support networks because people realize that it is it is still a, a small uh, world. yeah completely uh, especially when you're in indie yes <laughs> so um why don't we why don't we crack on with uh the list and why don't you give me your number one sure so my number one uh and, and it is with great trepidation that that i share this because <laughs> you know until now i I've, i have presented myself as a neutral but here we go i don't think many people are gonna are gonna have too much problems with my list though because these people really are the best of the best so my first my first beatboxer is alem the 2015 world champion <laughs> I could say that his resume speaks for itself, which it does. He's been winning championships literally for the entire decade. He's won a championship in 2010. He won, you know, a championship this year in 2019. He's been do- growing throughout, but I just think he's so fierce. He his his battle spirit, his technicality it's unparalleled, and that's even among people who we're going to talk about today. Alem's technicality and mastery over beat making, technical beat making, in my mind, will never be challenged. I I've seen him, but he didn't make my list, and I think I think my criteria as a um, as a knife as a noob, <laughs> uh, I think my criteria are going to be slightly different and and technicality comes into it but um there's a kind of entertainment factor and um a surprise factor that that comes into things and and also like part of the problem here is because i'm coming into this fresh i don't necessarily know where to point my ears or eyeballs first so i might hear something and think that's really original and then i'll get to alem later and be like yeah i've heard that but he's you know he may be the one who's pioneered that particular you know lip roll or or, or other technique yeah, sure and so that's always going to be one of the dangers well maybe maybe one place we should have started is that in in beatbox battles they're judged on four things you got musicality technicality originality and stage presence and each of them are valued equally and you know, a beatbox battle is judged by a panel of usually three or five judges, each of whom come with their own perspective. And so this is completely normal, the fact that you and I, uh, you know, value different things. For me, it's called beatboxing. And so first and foremost, I always think about technicality. Like it's a real negative in my eyes if you break flow, you know, if you if you lose the rhythm, mm. that's a real minus for me and there are some really tremendous beatboxers who are shockingly unable to do one minute 30 second routines without losing flow and and it doesn't bother people as much as it bothers me but for me you know the the title what it is is beatboxing and so the beat has to be first and foremost for me which is i think why alem really stands out to me um that's fair enough uh okay so my my number one, oh god, I'm so nervous about presenting this. Um, <laughs> my number one is uh, is Napalm. Let's go, USA represent. You can't roll like this, like. 
I, I enjoyed his technique. Uh, I, I, you know, as, 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 enough mitigation, but you know, I don't necessarily know what I'm looking for. But uh, I enjoyed his sort of sample choices. You know, the kind of samples that he's creating um, and the the, the the sounds that he chooses to mix in. Um, I, he, I thought he was like solid after watching a, a few videos. Like he's a, a solid, consistent performer. Which ones did you watch? I watched some uh, solo battles and then the sort of showcase Love it. Um, ones where you know he he gets sort of three minutes or, or whatever it is um to go and do his thing um and uh, i i really enjoyed his 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 energy um so yeah yeah napalm is the man he's my number three actually oh cool yeah napalm you know he he was not the first person to do lip rolls he actually learned lip rolls from my number one alem and alem wasn't the first to do lip rolls either but napalm really changed the game and redefined what a lip roll meant to be a beatboxer before napalm lip rolls were like this novelty like only a few people did it after napalm he redefined with his lip roll what it meant to be a cultured beatboxer and you don't have to use lip rolls but you better as a cultured beatboxer know how to do and incorporate lip rolls and that's what napalm I knew I recognized um, Alem and I just realized why. It's because you, uh, you just referencing him, because um, when I did my reading up, uh, obviously, as, as you've said, um, he learned a load from uh, from Alem and I watched the um, Napalm versus uh, Alem uh, video last night. Uh, and, and that was that was wonderful. The highest um, level. So, yes, I, I yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Lovely. Okay, who's your number two? My number two is the reigning world champion, Alex Sino. Actually, I uh, I did interview Alexino for Special Effects, and we were talking about his battle with Napalm at in I think the quarterfinals of this most recent World Champs. And you know, not to be shameless, but he told me a crazy story that we're going to be airing in Special Effects later this season. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it here, but Alexino is just maybe second only to Alem in terms of technicality. Now, the best part about Alexino is he's a total goofball. And <laughs> and and he and he is totally willing to forego technicality and musicality if it means he's going to put on a show. And he's a master of the stage and master of manipulating the crowd to be with him. But at the same time, I personally, and this is going to be a real hot take, and I'm just going to throw it out there before it's over. <laughs> I think Alexino has the best singular set of all time in beatboxing. Oh wow. Yeah. In 2017, he faced 2H from South Korea in the Grand Beatbox Battle. And his second round against 2H, it was uh, just a masterstroke of technicality and combination of unique sounds that had only recently been discovered or, or kind of popular, popularized. And I mean, it's literally 90 seconds of nonstop power. He doesn't break flow. He doesn't miss every single thing is placed perfectly i mean his sucker punch round with the two voices against 2h yeah don't take my word for it if you're listening to this i, I beg you <laughs> check out this video and put on the closed captioning because somebody put amazing captions on that video on youtube so you've already mentioned uh this chap but my number two from sydney australia is codfish love it so we are going on Um, I saw him, I think, against D-Lo 
and I thought, um, I kind of thought he sort of wiped the floor with D'Lo, but D'Lo might come up later in my list ah. um, because I, I sort of, I, I revisited him, but Catfish um, took me by surprise and he was just, he had just had this swagger um, and this really high energy, like he knows how to to, to really lift the room and, and, and move the, the, the energy of the crowd. Um, he, uh, he has his own YouTube channel, uh, boots and cats. That's been going for a while. Just passed a million followers two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it seems to have come up fairly quickly, I guess. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, he, he did that, that showcase, um, video, the, the wild card video, mm -hmm. uh, to get into the, um, the grand beatbox battle. God, listen to me. Like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I, I found him surprising and, and I look like there's been a few of these moments where I've got Jesus, like, how is that happening? And he was the first one that made me do that. And there's been a few others as well. So like when my jaw starts hitting the floor, when I'm, I'm listening to these sounds, that's like, that has to go on the list. Absolutely. Codfish, you know, for me, I have him in somewhere in like the maybe 13 to nine range worldwide just because he did come up so quickly and as much as uh, i love i love i love codfish i think his range of sounds and techniques is is a little limited that said codfish to a man blows everyone's socks off i mean the, the, the dude is just tremendously talented just like alexino a master of the stage and knowing how to come in and out let the air breathe because his i mean his techniques they're so musical and so powerful i mean he is prime among the beatboxers who make me want to like punch my thigh to like contain myself yes and, and he, I mean, he's, you know, his, his throat bass, I mean, the throat bass, you know, his, his master stroke, it's just, you know, again, unparalleled, really tremendous beatboxer. Uh, very good. All right. So, um, what is your, so we, we've had your number three. Yeah. Um, uh, what's your number four then? My number four, my brother's going to be very excited. My number four is Hiss from South Korea. My <laughs> I mean, everyone has known since like four years ago that Hiss was going to be, you know, if not a world champ, then among the best of the best. Hiss, you know, the minimum age to compete in most major beatbox tournaments is 16. And when Hiss was 14, he did a shout out for Swiss beatbox that like people were like this. I mean, this belongs in the Grand Beatbox battle. And he was 14. In 2017, that same year where Alexinho made the finals and Napalm won the Grand Beatbox battle, Hiss made the finals against Napalm, and he's and he's just been on a rampage ever since. Um, and, I mean, he, he he is like a human metronome. His technicality is up there with the best of the best. He's got a wide, wide range of sounds. Not to mention the fact that he is very musical. So much so that he uh, has just released a studio album this summer, and he is regularly makes studio remixes of beatboxers favorite sets and I mean, he he's just a really diverse artist um who i mean the next world champs is in 2020 and you have to put him in the top three favorites to win i mean he's just incredible all right 
So my uh, my my next one uh, I've already mentioned him um, is is D-Lo. Uh, it took me a couple of of, um, uh, of videos to get into him, but he's he's a UK lad. Um, he won the under eighteen UK beatbox battle in twenty fourteen, uh, and um, it's a twenty eighteen um, beat, uh, UK champion as well. Won the grand beatbox showcase battle in twenty nineteen. Um, he's he's got like that swagger again. Like it's it's huge, but it's he's. What I love is his improv. So I do, um, I do improv, um, and he has this ability to just drop out of a beat and then just make a comment. Uh, like he, he, um, I already know what you're going for. Collapse. Yeah. Well, there's been a few. There's been a few. Well, the the one that immediately springs to mind is uh, him against Base Ventura. Oh, it's okay. um, and. Yeah, and he just, he's in the middle of his set and he just goes something along the lines of, um, your watch costs more than my entire wardrobe and then just <laughs> carried on. Um, and there's a few other things like, and he, he, he will just take bits of the, cause obviously I guess there's this, there's this thing where if you're going second, you kind of take the beat from the first sure. guy and then you, you carry on a bit and then you mix it up. But he'll do that, but then he'll, he'll throw in a little, a little jab and it's all in like, it's all in fun and stuff, but it's like, he just has that massive swagger and, and just the balls on him. And he's really, really entertaining, really commands a stage. Um, and, um, yeah, just ah, uh, yeah. I really dug him. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, for me, for me, I have D'Lo at six actually. Um, kind of, kind of in a in a three way tie for six through eight in my mind. But D'Lo, I mean, he again one of these prodigies where he, when he was eighteen, he he did a wild card and made it to the world champs at eighteen in twenty fifteen and advanced to the battles you know, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And since then, just like his, he's been just maintaining that level, maintaining, maintaining. And I love that, that you harped on the, the combat of nature, the, you know, the comeback, the countering, mm-hmm. you know, D'Lo this year in, in probably what was one of the top three battles in grand beatbox battle history, him against collapse. And he just, he kind of replicated Collapse's beat and then interrupted himself. On beat, he goes, look at the crowd, boy, and then gets right back into it. And, and <laughs> yes. you know, exactly, that's, that's that energy that um, he, he, he is, uh, he always wants to have fun. That is so clear. It's so clear. And yeah. he even said, leading up to this year when he won the Grand Beatbox Battle, he had to kind of tone that back the fact that he's you know smiling and looking fun because in the battle there's a certain amount of you know not negative energy but aggressive energy that uh he needed to bring to the forefront uh and bring his kind of goober self to the background so that he could focus (laughs) on winning uh and that's one of the things that he said really helped him win the grand beatbox battle this year yeah because as much as you can i mean it is you know there is it is fun and and there is fun involved all the rest of it if it, it's a competition and so you've got to be competitive and so you know you, you've got to find a way to to be able to keep that edge going and uh, and keep that competitive energy going and um yeah it's it's great that it's sort of fun and collaborative but also at the same time yeah it's a battle <laughs> it, it, it is a battle yeah um actually i don't know like 
how how do these things like what are the the kind of prizes that that people get do, you know is, is there anything material that you get from being a champ that's a great question um for the most part the the prizes are relatively meager um and i i'm not 100% the best person to ask about this because i haven't competed myself um uh, but from what i understand more often than not you're going to be looking at prize packs from sponsors like uh, you know mic companies uh the winners of the grand beatbox battle this year got um monogrammed microphones from dpa um the winners or I forget how many. I think I want to say the top 16 in men and the top 4 in women got personalized world championship uh microphones from I forget which company through Beatbox Battle and uh you know I I don't love that it was 16 men four women definitely going to get into that in special effects. Mm. But the prize pack usually seems to revolve around uh gear from the sponsors. Um the one place where the beatbox organization seem to be willing to kind of expend more like money money is to bring in the jury the, the judges uh usually the judges will have their uh travel and uh accommodations on site uh accounted for by the organization that's running the event i was actually invited to uh be a member of the jury for the israel champs in 2020 we'll see if that's going to work out but uh one of the things i was talking about with the guy was like okay so i mean that's a big flight from the u.s to israel so uh, you know so that's just one of the things because usually the jury one of you know the judges get uh flown out to wherever it is okay yeah that's uh yeah that's, that's that's a good perk and then you get to you get to just sit and, and enjoy it to, well to a degree yeah i mean you know one of the things i did for special effects was uh i did a launch party where we had a live podcast and a beatbox battle oh lovely um yeah it was really fun we did it in new york city at the bowery electric shout out to the bowery electric and it was super fun but as we got to the end of the battle, we had already done the live podcast, and I go back into the green room where the judges are doing their final deliberations, and they were sweating it out. I mean, these people, they really take it so seriously. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Like, there's, there's reputations on the line. Absolutely. Uh, to a degree, because, like, you you are really passing judgment, obviously passing judgment, but, you, you know, you're, you're um, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I can imagine if I, if I had to, to judge something like that, I'd take it seriously. Um. Oh, cool. Okay, so uh, where are we? Why don't you give me your number five? So my number five, I think this might be the only one that surprises people in the scene, but my number five is another American, a man, Jin Shinozaki. Now, I know I've waxed poetic about all, literally everybody we've mentioned today, and as as they deserve. But Gene is probably my favorite. He is the inspiration for um, for Codfish. He is the inspiration for Big Man. He is, in my humble opinion, the solo beatboxer who does music. His, I mean, all of his all of his sets revolve around just tremendous, tremendous musicality and then clicks, but to a lesser extent, but just his musicality is on another level. He, he makes 
basically like power cords with his lips and his throat. Oh. And it's, it's just crazy. I mean, Gene is incredible. The first time I saw him live, I was like, this isn't real. This isn't real. I was like pinching myself and I was freaking <laughs> out. I mean, Gene Shinazaki really just said to everybody, don't forget we're musicians too. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, yes, you're right. And I really think that, you know, since maybe 2015 when Gene did his set Jigsaw Puzzle, you know, really there's been a tremendous emphasis on musicality in the beatboxing scene, and that's just a huge boon to the community as a whole. Uh, lovely. Okay, well, um, my sort of final one before we, we possibly because I've, I've got a, I've got a couple more um, uh, but the, the the last one I'll, I'll offer up for, for the main for main consideration is uh, MB14 love it <laughs> just amazing mouth of gymnastics um, very very technique heavy um, so a, a few of these when they get further down the list for me were um Actually, apart from the next one, which I definitely want to mention, but um, as I started sort of whittling down my list, I I personally focused on the ones that um, surprised me for their kind of all-round entertainment value and command of the stage, whereas there are a lot here that are possibly more to your taste, like technically super adept mm-hmm. um, and and imaginative in, in the sounds that they can make as well. And and he was one of them, some of the, the, the clicks and the dual sort of dual tones and beats that he was creating. Um, certainly in the, uh, I think the, the showcase, um, like really just the, the kind of stuff that makes you, you scratch your head and just go, how is that humanly possible? But the, the craziest part about MB14 is that for the vast majority of his beatboxing career, you know, solo beatboxing wasn't even a, his priority he is a master loop station artist absolutely genius and he he released a full studio album with loop station tracks and he was a member of the world and french crew champions barry wam and those two parts of his beatboxing the looping and the crew were his focus and then in the past maybe 12 15 months he has made an emphasis on his solo and then just out of nowhere he's sky i mean his technicality and skill and like the way he's clean that he really you can hear the crispness in all of his sounds Mm. he's just gone to a whole new level one of the coolest things that's happened in the past maybe 12-15 months also is that there's been a rash of beatboxers doing reaction videos to each other's sets. Mm. And D'Lo did a whole series on this year's Grand Beatbox Battle. And he was just tremendously complimentary towards MB14 and just raving about how much MB has grown as a solo beatboxer in the past 12 months. Oh, there you go. Um, so the... Uh, sort of the, the other name I wanted to throw out as a as a uh, just one to consider, um, and it, it probably speaks to something that uh, you've already mentioned that we uh, and that you wanted to to talk about on special effects as well. Um, but um, I, I wanted to uh, give a shout out as as they say uh, to Kayla uh, Kayla Malady. Sure. One of the nicest people in the entire world. I, I can I can get that vibe from um, seeing her. her um, she's got a, a video up on her website. Like she's she's doing a lot of um, training and and talking to people about all sorts of things because she's a, a sort of multi multifaceted uh, talented uh, individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and hers was the first battle where I really got that sense of uh, she was up against. I've forgotten. Um, 
the the competitor's name, but she sort of slipped, um, and right towards the end, whether she she thought you know uh, she done her time or whatever, but she kind of she kind of slipped, and and Kate uh, Katie was uh, Kayla rather was right there with like no you could carry on and like just being supportive, um, but also playing up the sort of the the front in and the and the jutting out of the chest when it was appropriate and doing you know still still playing that role, but also being like no it's all right i've got you don't don't worry you carry on um and and that that support is is amazing um and and yeah i i kind of there's not been many that i've seen um many female performers um i have to admit uh, i i certainly did did try and look for them but kayla was uh, was one that that stuck out for me yeah i mean it, it, that's one of the things that the beatboxing community is is still growing it's like mm a ridiculous proportion of men to women and and they're you know trying to figure out how how to make that less of a thing but what i'll say about kayla i mean people don't understand how much she has won and how much she's deserved each of those things i mean kayla won american loop station title three years in a row and just stopped because it was time for somebody else to have a try right (laughs) kayla is the only person to win the solo beatboxing title back to back ever twice she and the, the, the breadth of things that kayla does and always 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 in her own style and in her own image which mm-hmm. is something a lot of beatboxers could learn from the fact that she's able to do so many things at the highest level always always while staying within her brand and projecting her exact brand of love and confidence it's again unparalleled and just really Blow, blows me away. Nice. Um, well, I, I tell you what, I'm I'm pleased that sort of the names I've thrown out I haven't met with like really or or like who's that? So that that that's good. Um, <laughs> I I think you'd you'd be hard pressed to find someone who who I personally would say who's that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's um there, like when when we first started talking about this, there were two names. Uh, well, one of the, one name and the other one I can't remember the, the guy's name properly. But um, before I realised that we were going to sort of go down the, this competitive route, which I think makes makes sense. Like, there's a guy in the UK called Beardy Man um, oh, who man. I saw. Yeah, like talk about entertaining. <laughs> that dude, I didn't even realize until recently how funny Beardy Man is. Yeah, and oh my god, that that dude, he he, I I I really want to know like what his background is in terms of like music like education like formal training because he can literally i mean mm. you know his mastery of loop station and the accompanying uh equipment is uh, at the highest level but also he could just throw down a track so quickly and he knows exactly what he's doing he can go from genre to genre it's crazy i mean have you ever watched one of his live streams the dude's like add out the wazoo even more than me <laughs> and, and he's just like doing this track and he's like yeah 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 and we're done now <laughs> You wanted more of that song, didn't you? But no, fuck, it's my choice and bye. Yeah, um, <laughs> I I saw him do a TV talent show about 15 years ago. Uh, and that was the first time I'd, I'd seen him. And he, he was super entertaining and then obviously just, just went and dug in more. But he, he comes from a good pedigree, I think, because um, both he and his brother are both musical and funny um so <laughs> his his brother is is uh, jay foreman yeah um and he's um he's a a, a, a singer comedy singer songwriter and and performer um and uh, and a youtuber as well they um they i think they collaborate from time to time i think they've done a couple of things together but yeah we're just obviously obviously just so talented but um yes anyway i i had to, I had to oh and there's also the the fellow who beatboxes with a flute 
Which one? Because that's entertaining, and I can't remember. I can't remember his name, but he was he was identified. So he, whether he was the first or the first that got famous doing it, he was identified as just the beatboxing guy who has a flute. Well, <laughs> I, well, I, 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 I am here eating crow and eating my words because I am not familiar with this one. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll try and I'll try and dig it up. Um, I, I wonder if it was like a a weird two thousand and seven flash in the pan. <laughs> um, but yeah, beat, beatbox. Really, I will. Um, I will. I will look well, it up. While we're while we're talking, uh, um, Beardy Man, I do have to mention one of the people that uh, exclu- specifically wanted to exclude from this conversation mm. because he makes things so complicated. Is someone who actually recently did a concert with Beardy Man is Reaps One, also from the UK. Okay, I mean the dude. The dude is. Uh, a visionary in the beatboxing community nothing short of that and what he you know again just like napalm uh, in a different way reaps also changed what it meant to be a cultured beatboxer mm. um but he you know hasn't competed since a long time ago 2013 i want to say 2012 and um and so guys like guys like beardy man guys like reaps one made it a little complicated uh so i wanted to leave them out but you can't you can't have a conversation about the best beatboxers without talking about them um okay so we've got your we've got your five here um have i done anything to because i we, we had a we certainly had agreement on uh on napalm he was on um on both of our lists um have i given you any names that make you think uh you know what i could i could put one or two of those in my top five probably not probably not um you know the the, certainly alexino nlm and napalm Mm -hmm. are are non-negotiable for me (laughs) and hiss very quickly behind them yeah yeah yeah. the only place i might be willing to move a little bit is with gene Mm -hmm. gene hasn't ever made it past top eight in worlds um but he's been the fact that like he really was a visionary in terms of changing the sound of beatboxing changing what it meant to be a professional beatboxer uh and a professional musician uh i think that really pushed him up there that said everybody that you mentioned is among the elite of the elite and certainly deserves to be in a conversation for a top 15 if we were going to do that absolutely every single person you mentioned would be uh maybe not mb14 for me um <laughs> Uh, if we're strictly talking solos, but um, Codfish and Delo especially, they belong in any conversation about the best beatboxers in the world. <sighs> okay, I I kind of want to represent the UK. Can I persuade you to swap out Gene for Delo? Um, well, well, we we can have this conversation. All right. So so here's here's why I <laughs> here's why I put Delo at six and Gene five. Like I said. You know, Gene, the fact that Gene changed the sound of beatboxing mm. is something that D'Lo hasn't done yet. You know, D'Lo, um, D'Lo, I think, in a good number of ways, is a bit derivative of Gene. And, you know, in the best possible way, I don't want, I don't want to say that to discount anything D'Lo does. What he does is amazing. <laughs> um, you know, but yes. Gene really made that focus. And um, mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I'll say is that sometimes I think D'Lo can lose a bit of focus on stage. Um, I think uh, a, a good example of that was his um, 
his showcase uh, at the Grand Beatbox Battle this year. I thought maybe in the from minute two to minute three, he, he kind of lost me um, because he wanted to do something different and interesting. And, and D'Lo often is trying to push the boundaries of what he can and can't do and can incorporate into a beat. Uh, and oftentimes I feel that that doesn't hit. That said, D'Lo has been in the UK finals, I think three times. I'm pretty sure he's won the UK finals twice. The fact that he made the world champs as an 18 year old and then advanced to the to the battle rounds and gave Korean yeah. FX a run for his money. I mean, th- you know, that speaks for itself. Two-time Grand Beatbox Battle finalist, Gene hasn't done that. You know, each of them have won the Grand Beatbox Battle. Granted, Gene did it on his first try. Like I said, we're we're <laughs> we're, pulling, we're pulling at hairs here. Really tiny little nitpicking. At this point, like anybody here could rock a stage for an hour, no problem. Whether the audience was beatboxing fans or otherwise, I think I think you've convinced me um, with with Gene in in, in what you said, um, and uh, I I I feel I feel pleased that I've I've got a name on here that I contributed, so that's fine. Yeah, um, and I know some of the names, so that's good. Um, like. Yeah, I, I, I think I think we have a good list. So usually uh what happens is is I ask the other person if they consent to this list, but I think on this occasion, um I, I, I'm going to consent to this list oh. because uh yeah, I, I contributed our name um and I feel good about it. So our our final list then uh, from five to one is um Gene Shinazaki, Hiss, Napom, Alexinho, and Alem. I love it. Um so who have you got? Are there any uh, others in your um, honourable mentions that you want to uh, names that you want to throw out? Sure. So, like I said, one thing that really uh, gets me excited is when someone kind of adds a new sound to the collective beatboxing repertoire. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And two people who have done that in recent years, as well as winning a number of titles, are Collapse from France and Zeka from Spain. Okay. Yeah, Collapse. He has this very interesting click, kind of like a double click, like one, two out of each side of his mouth. Mm-hmm. And that has really been exciting in the past couple of years. And Zeka, I, I don't really know how to explain the thing he does. It's... Let me see if I can make a sound that's like even remotely close to it. He's like kind of stuff. Like I apologize for people who listen with headphones. I really do. <laughs> but you should really check out Zeka because he he has a unique sound. Just like I was saying, like a unique sound that that you can use in a flow is really exciting. Mm-hmm. And both Zeka and Collapse in the past couple of years have really stepped up their games and stepped up for the community uh, a bunch of new sounds, which is exciting for me. Absolutely. Um, what about you? Well, very cool. So um, uh, my my last one that uh, I sort of that I had as a, as a possible contender was Elise. Love him. Oh man. Oh, cool. Yes. If if I had to extend the like, my brother and I like. The list, the list changes. Alisi is definitely in this conversation. I think the fact that he didn't advance to the battles in this year's Grand Beatbox battle was an absolute shanda. Oh my god, Alisi's the man. Oh man, I love his stuff so much. I'm just gonna stop talking because I'm just gonna say things like I love his stuff over and over again. Please talk. So <laughs> you gotta love a Canadian. Oh my god, please talk so I don't sound like a fool. 
<laughs> well, he's got some like that. That boy makes noises with his mouth that are frankly unnatural, um, and 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 a kind of alien. And it's 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 like there's there's a kind of drop that he has that's just uh, insane. And that was uh, at this year's uh, showcase. Um, and oh my god, wow, just just entertaining, great great technique, um, really good variety. This isn't, an, this isn't a visual podcast, but I'm like holding up my hands to the air as if like you know, this is just the greatest <laughs> testify. I just, it, it's that showcase i it came out uh early you know the videos come out f- uh, at 5 a.m eastern time eastern in in the u.s mm. and uh and i was taking an early flight from new york city to my grandparents in nashville the day that that came out and i'm sitting in the gate it's like quarter to eight in the morning everyone is looks like a zombie in this place and i put on my headphones my nice headphones and i watch this and i'm literally shaking and i'm punching myself from watching this showcase <laughs> i swear like over and over again i watched that like four times in a row and freaked out i like went on instagram made a whole thing about alisi because he was on special effects which was awesome Mm. And I just, oh my god, that showcase was incredible. For they, they had a timer issue at the beginning of this year's Grand Beatbox Battle, which means that Alicia basically did five minutes, and he had only prepared for a four-minute showcase. Wow. And he didn't break flow a single time. You know, I talked at the top about how important it is to me to, like, really just have beats that can stand. Yeah. Five minutes straight with a full minute of improvisation, and he didn't break flow once. Mm-hmm. That's remarkable. Superb. Unreal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that you brought him up. I would have I would have felt terrible if I hadn't said anything. <laughs> Excellent. One other person. I'm I'm gonna throw one more in just because I have to. Um mm. the the vice world champion from twenty eighteen, B Art. I wanna throw his name in there. Oh yeah. He is awesome. Um, and in particular, I, he's battled Elise a number of times and their battles are really great. Biart, I, per, I personally have him a little lower down the list and that, and I don't want to get into that because I don't want to take anything away from him. Yeah, he yeah. has been competing at the highest level, just like Alem for nearly this entire decade. And he's been doing new things throughout this entire decade and to stay relevant, but not just relevant, but relevant at the top of the top for that much time. Biart deserves a shout as well while as we're extending this list absolutely absolutely um so you i'm hoping that i've maybe done a little bit to um entice the listener into finding out more um so i want to find out about your 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 show uh obviously in a moment but first um what should people do like what should i do now because i'm thinking like I could see myself following this. I don't, I'm not into competitive sport. I don't watch sport. I watch, um, snooker, which is very English. Um, and, and I, I will sit and watch that occasionally. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, but I, I've tried to get into esports, but it just, I don't know. But watching this stuff, um, I, I, I was really, I was really taken with it. So like, how do you follow? this competitive world of beatboxing from afar it's it's a really great question because the beatboxing community as it is right now is not even two decades old Mm. and so the infrastructure right like the, the organizations that kind of define what is the beatboxing community are still doing that and they're still defining it the vast vast majority of beatboxing content lives on youtube Mm -hmm. so you kind of just have to know which channels to follow at a bare minimum Swiss Beatbox is what I call the home of beatboxing in the day-to-day. Yep. They host the Grand Beatbox Battle, 
which is the premier annual beatboxing competition. And on top of that, they post videos every single day. So sometimes it's battle videos. Right now they're releasing videos from the Florida beatbox battle. And other times it's just shout out videos, you know, somewhere between usually two minutes and maybe six minutes of someone just showing their new stuff. And that's where you're going to catch and learn about beatboxing in the day to day. Obviously, beatbox battle television hosts the world champs. So about every two years, they become really, really relevant. Mm. But the other way you can get involved, which I think people don't quite have like their heads wrapped around it is Instagram. If you follow the individual beatboxers, I think you get a real strong insight into the community, the ins and outs of building sets, of how these artists view beatboxing in their entire professional careers. Um, at this point, I, I view uh, following Insta- uh, the artists on Instagram as an integral part of my research as a journalist who's covering the scene. Mm. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So would you would you start with um a sort of beatboxing based hashtag and go from there? Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of the best beatboxers have already been verified and have the checks. So like, definitely, you know, go follow Alem. Go follow Maddox, who's a German champ and is the head of the camera team for Swiss Beatbox. Um, Hiss uh, is a great follow. Um, and you should probably be following Swish Beatbox, not Swiss, but Swish. <laughs> or not, I should say, in addition to Swiss Beatbox, you should follow Swish Beatbox, mm-hmm. which is a parody account, which is run by the Austrian champ, Aeon. Uh, it's ridiculous, and I don't really understand all of it, but it's crucial. <laughs> um, and... Uh, not not to self-promote, but I did, as part of Special Effects, the run-up to Special Effects, I made two YouTube playlists of, you know, that I thought kind of represented um, beatboxing basics, some videos that you really just need to have seen in order to, to kind of be able to hold the conversation. And then separately, uh, another playlist of just all the artists who came on my podcast, um, many of whom... Uh, are really relevant people. You know, Kayla and Alexino and Elise were all on my podcast and some other really important beatboxers. Uh, those are, in my humble opinion, two really nice places to start. Well, um, that is that is a really good place to start. And a place to continue then uh, would be to, to listen to your show. So um, please tell us. Um, uh, I, I, was, I was about to say, um, I say the three, you say the two and the one. Oh, um, and and you, you've got, I love you, that. <laughs> you've got three minutes to tell me about your, uh, tell me about your show. But please tell me all about Special Effects. Well, thank you. Um, that that is so funny. I'm I'm trying not to laugh. Um, so, special effects is a narrative documentary about the beatboxing community. It kind of I didn't quite say this elsewhere, but it basically follows my journey from like my brother telling me, "No, oh, hey, you should really check this out." To like. I am now neck deep uh, on on a good day, ear deep on a regular day uh, in beatboxing. <laughs> and so you start off and I just kind of throw you in like with a bunch of really cool beatboxing stuff and people, people telling you how beatboxing is incredible and how, you know, it's just worth your time. Then you learn about, you know, how people get into it and how people learn about it. And well, okay, so now you're into beatboxing. Well, how do I get involved? So you go to battles and you learn about battles and then you learn about the community as it's shaped. Who are the major players? You know, the Swiss beatboxes, the beatbox battle TVs, who are these people that organize and help 
direct the the um the community uh and then uh, like any community beatboxing has its uh struggles in the back third of episodes which i'm releasing hopefully either in mid to late september or early october we're gonna get into the hardest stuff the pinnacle we're gonna explore the world championships world beatbox camp and use that as a lens to kind of explore the beatboxing at its best and at its worst. And then finally finishing with an episode about the future of beatboxing. Where is it going? Because I think it's going places and it's time to get on the wagon now, right? In episode one, I said, you want to be able to be that person who says, I was following beatboxing before it blew up. Not because, you know, it was cool because it was small, but just because it's cool now and it's going to be cool later. Mm-hmm. And then the last episode of the season will be the live podcast we did at the launch party, which was really fun and had a much less serious tone. It, all the episodes, except for the live podcast, were scripted uh, and has narration for me, uh, interspersed with quotes from all the people I interviewed, you know, fans of beatboxing, mothers of beatboxers, the beatboxers themselves, the community organizers. The episode from the launch party. It's just a casual conversation with me and three beatboxers. Wonderful. So, uh, S P E S H F X dot com. That's right. Specialfx.com. Uh, that's at SpecialFX on place. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram is the place to follow. Tani, thank you very much for this, and and thank you for opening my eyes into a whole new world. This has been this has been uh, an absolute treat. Oh, it's been really fun. Um, me and my friends were just talking about how much we love lists, and so <laughs> I, I, I am thrilled that List Envy exists, and I'm thrilled that you're doing this. This is really fun, and I look forward to seeing what other lists you compile. 